0: How to release a debut jazz album for pledge music, why crowdfunding is much more time consuming than you may think, which social media platforms and tools to use to promote a crowdfunding campaign, and more crowdfunding tips in today's Music Growth Talks episode. You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew here, and today I'm glad to welcome Mike Casey, a jazz saxophonist from New York, as a guest of the show. He released his debut album, The Sound of Surprise, Life at the side door earlier this year, supporting it through Pledge Music. He reached over 100% of the goal in under 30 days. And uh, he's here with us today to share how it worked out and how you can repeat his success. I really like this case study as it's real achievable, something any of you can do. It doesn't mean it's easy, not at all. And I want you to think 10 times before starting a crowdfunding campaign. But I also want you to see that you can do it if you're ready to commit in full. And while we're on that topic, a pure coincidence actually, but I just relaunched my Patreon page. So now there is a very specific way for you to support this show. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Andrew or musicianswebkeeper.com. It will redirect you to the Patreon page and consider becoming a patron for as little as a dollar per month. It will mean a lot to me while I also offer some quite unique and cool perks as well. So go check it out at patreon.com forward slash Andrew Epanoff. Thank you. And here we go. Mike welcome to music growth talks i'm excited to have you on the show always a pleasure to talk to and indie musicians who have some something interesting to share with our audience uh welcome to the show and let me know how you're doing
1: andrew thank you so much for having me i'm really likewise very excited to be here i listen to the podcast regularly so it's an honor to be here and uh things are going really well the album campaign
0: you, you just mentioned before we started the recording that you are heavily working on uh, the promotion. Uh, so uh, the album came out in February. Now we are recording it at the end of uh, April. The episode is probably out in May. And I guess even in May until early summer, you will still be working hard on the promotion of the record. Is it correct?
1: Yeah, uh, summer it'll start to taper off. Actually, I think May is probably like the last big push. I've got a couple of videos coming out from the album. But then after that, you know, it'll it, most of the promotion will be around in, touring. And um, that's mostly because as a jazz musician, there's a really big emphasis on your live show. So, you know, I'd be I'd be gigging anyway, but I'm just I'm branding the, the gigs that I have as an album release tour part two or three, <laughs> you know, to kind of. Keep pushing the record.
0: So a few months post uh, launch promotion, and uh, so just give us an idea. So how much time roughly you spent on pre-release uh, and pre-crowdfunding campaign, which we are going to talk about. So yeah, it's, and so pre-release, post-release, uh, also working on the on the tour date. So how much time has it been taken so far? Hmm,
1: that's a great question, and it's a little tough for me to say, only because I've been. This is my debut album. So, this has been years of culmination in the works. But I would say that, you know, once it was recorded and once I realized that the music was something I wanted to release, I pretty much started working on everything, you know, the mixing, the mastering, as well as, you know, researching marketing and PR and, you know, what a radio campaign looks like and how to tour, all that stuff. I, I mean, I've been researching that for a while, but. I really started to get more specific with what I was researching in my goals and how to do what I was trying to do. And so I I really did that, you know, roughly, I want to say about, you know, nine or 10 months out. I was researching, beginning to Mm -hmm. plan everything. The actual wheels got set in motion on a lot of these things, kind of in comparison last minute, because the crowdfunding campaign took a lot longer than I thought it would um, mm-hmm. not, o- not only, yeah, not only to set it up, but also to fulfill to fulfill everything. So, although that was it was definitely an overwhelming success, it also was a lot more work than I expected. I'm very glad I did it because, well, that's part of the reason I'm here today, actually. <laughs> so, you know, it's helped me. It's definitely helped me, you know, fund the tour and the album and the campaign itself. Actually, also resulted in, in some good press. That I, and ideas that I, I put out and I did a little article on C D baby about, you know, some strategies I use to uh to crowdfund the album, and I hope that those tips help inspire other musicians.
0: Certainly. And uh this is a great insight. It's uh, very important for everyone who's looking into running a crowdfunding campaign understanding that uh, it will almost certainly take several times more time and energy than you count. Uh, for right now, because it can be very, yeah, it it does require a lot of uh, dedicated work. And uh, so, how how did it look like? So it it wasn't a hundred percent crowdfunding campaign. If we refer back to what we discussed with uh, Jay Coyle on this show early about uh, pledge music, which is um, which he described not uh, necessarily as a crowdfunding, but as a direct to fan tool. But we can refer to it as a crowdfunding campaign. So tell us a little bit. So how it looked like when you launched it, what was the goal, and what was the result?
1: So I launched it, I believe, in October, which was a month after I planned on launching it for various reasons. Uh, part of it was that I did not you know, realize how much work it would take to get it set up. And the thing with Pledge Music is that it's a lot more complex of a platform than Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Yeah. Which is good. There's a lot of features there, and there's a lot of awesome things in there that make it very appealing. And make, I think, there's a lot of things about the way Pledge Music is set up if you're using it for a crowdfunding campaign that make it seem a lot more legitimate to the person who you're pitching your project to who knows nothing about crowdfunding and also the person that has contributed to a bunch of, you know, crowdfunding things in the past, whether it's for someone, their friend's album or someone or a, uh, you know, or, or they've they've uh, looked at other crowdfunding campaigns. Yeah. So um, But
0: what why, why so so why, why do you think that it looks more real and maybe inviting to people who are not familiar with the concept?
1: Well I think a lot of it is actually that they let you brand visually brand like your page. I mean there's mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. They have a in the back end in Pledge Music there's a whole section where they actually have you upload and resize images for like Every little thing, like the thumbnails, you're branding the thumbnails, you're branding the buttons, you're branding, you know, like every little, there's like several pictures that have to be different. So like the picture of when someone clicks on your campaign in a thumbnail, when you post to Facebook, you know, you choose that. Then you also choose the thumbnail when, you know, like if, if they're browsing through Pledge Music, the thumbnail that shows up for your campaign image there, and it's all different and it allows you to customize it and you know, stand out more, I think. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, please keep going.
1: So, um, yeah, it took a lot longer to get everything set up. I didn't realize quite uh, how in-depth their process is, but it's very in-depth, which is a great thing. And um, I chose to do a uh, pre-launch, which is a strategy I, um, I got from a launch and release, actually. They have a really interesting ebook about crowdfunding. And essentially the idea is that instead of immediately announcing your campaign to everybody and starting at zero what you do is you take a predetermined amount of time and you basically launch it it's live but you don't announce it to everybody you only send it to close friends family fans you know like your email list but you don't publicly announce it on social media or your website even and the idea behind that is that you are you know, first you get some feedback so that you can tweak anything that doesn't look good or isn't, you know, going to convert as well as you thought. Secondly, you, you're hopefully getting that number to go from zero up pretty high, or at least, you know, a little bit of a bump so that when you do announce it, the project is already, let's say 25% funded. In my case, the pre-launch went so well that I, I got to like, I think 85% funded without even announcing it publicly. Um, So that when when I announced it publicly, you know, it looks really good because they're like, well, this is already 85%. And then people who might be kind of on the fence about contributing, they're like, they're more like, oh, this is going to make it. Let's, you know, let me help Mike push it over the top. So
0: Did you consider changing the goal, like increasing it after that?
1: That's a good question. I don't think Pledge Music allows you to change the goal. They, they They do allow you to accept more than the goal, but I don't think you can change it. So I, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't feel like changing it. But I, I, it was at that point, it was more of like, I was starting to realize how much work this was going to be to fulfill and complete. So I was just trying to think, okay, let's, let's figure out how to get this over the top as quickly as I can, so that I can start working on, you know, fulfillment of all these goals. And yeah, it, the prelaunch was really key, I think, to my success. Pledge Music gives you 60 days for a campaign. So I did like a two week pre-launch where I was in private, you know, I just reached out to uh, my fans on my email list and, and some friends and family and that went really well. And then, you know, launching it, then I had another 40 days or 45 days roughly to promote it. And uh, I ended up getting to 125% of my goal, which was amazing.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, you close the campaign yourself at a particular time?
1: Yes. Yeah, actually, I finished uh, delivering everything about a month ago. So it was, you know, October to like, early April, you know, that was like the life of the campaign. And even I guess, actually, you know, what? not even it was really like September, because September was when I started setting it up. It took me a whole month to like set everything up and get it ready to go. And then then in October, I did pre launch. And then from there, you know, then it went, it was going from there.
0: Uh, Very interesting on the pre-launch strategy. It makes a lot of sense. I really like the approach also because you make your existing fans feel special and they may be more interested and inclined to participate because of the personal outreach and just being the first to support you. And uh, so somewhat generally clear on, on what you did in this phase. During those months while the campaign was active and you were fulfilling the the what's the right word at pledge music for not the rewards rewards is it it or the products what your pledges, uh, pledges sign up for yeah. yeah so i guess you uh you, so you're still working on marketing the campaign and trying to get new people involved so how how did that look like and how much time did you have to spend on creating new content for uh your pledges that's a good question.
1: I uh, I wish I measured actually all the time I spent so that I knew, but content for the pleasures, a lot of it was content that I already had made. So one thing I did is I would uh, I'd share like a snippet of a song on the album or mm-hmm. I would a snippet of a video or, you know, if I got some press, I'd, you know, update press in there. Or every time I got a new tour date officially booked, I'd say, hey, just announcing this one. And now there's also VIP tickets available for this show in the campaign. And that actually helped drive some VIP ticket sales, which was great. Another thing I did was during all this, I I was actually working on a bunch of new music because the first Connecticut album release show was at the club. We recorded the album at the side door. And I was working on new music because this show provided another opportunity to record again and maybe get albums three and four because this first album, it's actually only half of what we got a year ago, rough uh-huh. a year and change ago. We actually did a live show. We played 16 songs and we got 14 songs in one night. So seven of them are on the Sound of Surprise and the other seven are going to be released next year on my sophomore album. So this, this show we did at the side door in February, that was an, an opportunity to record a lot of new music. So I was trying to take advantage of that opportunity. So what I would do is I would share little snippets from, you know, from writing sessions, actually, and just say, you know, me sitting at the piano playing an arrangement of Nat King Cole's Unforgettable that I was working on, for example, and upload that to the campaign and show people, hey, you know, just a sneak peek of what you'll be hearing on the tour and the side door show. Like, you know, check it out. And they would get more engaged.
0: Awesome. So have you... Have you been using uh, social media platforms actively its w- which one specifically rather so which which platforms you focused on for, uh, for for the promotion of this campaign in particular
1: well for the campaign in particular um, I found Facebook like my personal Facebook page uh, was a big game changer there I think Twitter helped and Instagram helped my Facebook fan page didn't really do much and I have I've grown quite dissatisfied with facebook ads (laughs) i've ran a lot of them over Uh, the last you you know six or seven months and the facebook ads did like basically nothing for the campaign and as far as i can tell aside from getting me like a lot of three second views on music videos facebook ads are kind of not so good i haven't really been that amazed so don't be afraid to use your facebook personal profile and upload video because video is whatever every platform native video. So upload the video directly to Facebook. That's how you're going to get the most uh, leverage
0: from right. the newsfeed. So going back to what I kind of uh, asked briefly earlier, but still, I'm I'm curious how how well uh, you could convert uh, your new fans and followers and listeners who like your sounds and the stuff you were putting out who just discovered you while the campaign was on. So. People who didn't know you before, just discovered you. So uh, do you feel like you could convert a lot of such newcomers, let's say, for any of the channels you uh, used? Uh, maybe performances and uh, PR and social media and so on. Or yeah, maybe you've seen how much time roughly it takes to convert a new listener into a financial supporter.
1: Yeah, yeah. What I have uh, on my website is actually a mailing list sign-up pop-up form that goes off after, you know, a certain amount of seconds. And with my social media, you know, generally everything I'm trying to do is get people to my website. I'm trying to get them off of borrowed land <laughs> in onto the house that I own. And once they're browsing my website and listening to my music on my website, assuming they like what they hear, which they usually do, you know, in like 30 seconds, they're going to get a, a pop-up saying, you know, three bonus tracks if you join my mailing list. And that helps convert people into, you know, recurring fans. And then from there, you know, I'd send email updates about the campaign to my list roughly once a month. Or if I got, if I got some press, I'd email about the press, you know, and then at the bottom say, hey, by the way, the crowdfunding campaign's still going, you know, please you know, consider <laughs> contributing. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you know, I think I got a lot of, Pledges from people that were not necessarily longtime fans. I was actually pretty surprised at how well that that worked.
0: Great, great. That's that's good. Something by the way. So I think you had it mentioned in your article, but uh, maybe you haven't uh, named the actual amount of uh, pledges you've got uh, on this show. I think it's very very important for me because the this uh, relates to this whole question of defining success and many musicians struggle with uh seeing some low numbers on their profiles and so on and uh, not quite seeing the potential of their audience because a few super fans may really mean a lot to your success to your records and uh, and performances and everything else so is it i'm not sure if it's uh the Total amounts of pledges is the public number, but uh, can you reveal any of the numbers of pledges you got?
1: Yeah. So I got just under 70 pledges, I think, roughly, if my memory is correct. And that's not a lot when you really think about it. You know, I can't share what the goal was, but I'll tell you that my average pledger amount was $90. And of course, there's outliers. There were some people that pledged a few thousand. There are a couple of people that pledged, you know, the minimum, which was $10, And there was a bunch of people that were in the middle, you know, some people that pledged Mm -hmm. 150, 200, you know, $300. And I guess the point there is that, you know, without crowdfunding, the super fan who is as, you know, in love with your music as the casual fan, they're both spending $10 on your album. If you give people the opportunity to spend more, then the super fans probably will because they love what you're doing so much that they want to help support you and help, you know, you make more music and also, you know, gain whatever exclusive perks you're offering as part of your campaign.
0: Exactly. That was my point. It's not, uh, it's not a small amount here considering how supportive these people are. And it's true that uh, it's, crucial to give these super fans, people who want to support you the opportunity to do so because a lot of the times there is just no way to support an artist in an interesting way, because it's not just about uh, putting a PayPal donate button on your website and just pay me as much as, as you want. You definitely have to make it an interesting journey for people so they, they feel happy spending this money knowing that they get something really exclusive and supporting you and become a part of this whole story that you create. So that is very interesting, in my opinion. So any interesting tricks you've discovered related to running a pledge music campaign or crowdfunding campaign in general that you could share with us maybe a little tiny tricks and tips
1: yeah um like i said earlier you know native video is really big so when you're posting native video any uh platform these days they're all trying to push native video and it wasn't really big or i don't even think it was actually out when i was running this but now that facebook live and instagram live these are huge now. I would totally, if I had to do it over again and it was right now, I would totally be using the live platforms Mm -hmm. all the time and the stories all the time because people love these, you know, whatever the newest trick is on social media, people love it. (laughs) And that's an opportunity. Not only do people love it, but the algorithm that governs how far your reach is in the news feed of who's following you, they love it too. So use whatever the tricks that whatever the platform is, is trying to push because They want you to use the feature and they're going to reward you with more reach if you're using the feature well with good content. I would say another thing that's really important is high quality content and don't sacrifice quantity for quality. You know, if you look at my Instagram page, you will notice that there's no selfies. You know, every picture that's up there is almost always, unless it's like a screenshot of like press or something like that, it's almost always professionally taken photograph of me or my band playing by a real photographer. Nothing less, because content is king and you need high quality content to get people engaged and to catch their eyes. So really focus on content. I think, you know, without, I don't want to say this goes without saying because today it, sh- it shouldn't and it really isn't, but make sure your music is really phenomenal and not just good, but great and Make sure you believe it's great. That's really important because how do I say this? Like we, are, it's it's obviously good to be humble, but realize that you are marketing yourself, and if you don't really believe in yourself and your music, if you're shy when you're marketing, that's going to come across, mm-hmm. and no one's going to want to invest in you if you're shy and you don't seem to really believe in your own music. So make sure you're really happy with the music. Make sure that audio quality is top notch. You know, get it professionally mixed and mastered by an actual engineer you know, don't fall for these like $20 things online, actually hire someone to really mix and master it and spend a lot of time on it. And I think it's also really important to, um, to have uh, a story and to be real in my campaign video, which you can still see, I think, you know, on, on that, uh, that crowdfunding article, you'll see, it's just me sitting in my chair in my apartment in Hartford, you know, uh, with like a blank wall with like a, you know, a poster hanging behind me. And that's really what my apartment looks like. It's like very bare bones. And I think having a real video where it's just you sitting and talking does a lot more for your cause than having like a professionally shot and edited video of you sitting in some fancy studio, because then it looks like you don't really, you know, it just, it comes across like corporate and not very real. I think the more authentic you can be and the more honest you can be the better off you're gonna be with your with right, your message, right,
0: right. yeah. So to sum up, yeah. So going back to what you mentioned, since I got you uh, clearly hundred percent agreeing on what you mentioned, so you want to deliver high quality content at the same time. Sometimes it's okay to to do something low key and something like a, a video of yourself in a in just in your regular like environment, like at your studio. There is one or rehearsal room or just home talking to your fans and pledges so i to me makes a lot of sense and seems like you've been uh delivering quite a lot in terms of content and also just to to mention what you just talked about i really like that i guess signaling and showing confidence not ignorance but confidence in what you do and what you've created is key here as well yeah i mean that just makes a lot of sense one question to you Related to the supporters of yours once again. So, I can imagine that you've been uh, spending some time on not just delivering what you promised to your pledges, but also communicating with people online um, through social media platforms, uh, through the Pledge Music platform, or privately. Uh, so, any tips on uh, Managing your community and uh, maybe doing some shout outs or just, you know, thanking people for support or just, you know, highlighting some of your fans.
1: Totally. Yeah. One thing that I actually did for every fan as part of this campaign, and I I listed it in the uh, rewards for every single award, is that it includes a shout out, like a personalized shout out on social media to that fan. And that does a lot of good because... A, it's, an, it's a non-spammy way to keep promoting the campaign. And B, you know, fans love that. They love when their artists shout them out. It makes them feel special. And they are special to me because they, they matter a lot, actually, to me. Because without my fans, I would not have been able to have quite the campaign that I've had and the tour that I've had without the support of this campaign, without the support of them. So I'm very grateful. So it, it works on many levels. But make yeah, you're absolutely right. Make sure you are thanking your tribe. And specifically, the people that are going above and beyond for your music, make sure you go above and beyond for them as well.
0: Excellent. Have you been using any particular tools to uh, manage the communication to save time on uh, monitoring the uh, you know replies, messages, and stuff? And while on that, uh, any analytical tools you've used in particular to uh, to analyze the performance of your campaign and uh, you know social media profiles and so on.
1: You know, I, I just use like the native insights on Twitter and Facebook for my pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and Instagram, I use, uh, I can use a third party app for analytics. I used to use Hootsuite a little bit, but I just canceled it because I don't, I find I don't use it as much as I should. Uh, I just, I don't know, I just never really need it that much. And now that Facebook, and I'm sure soon Twitter, you know, they have like scheduling built in to the pages. I found that you know, when you schedule something natively on Facebook, it actually gets more of a reach than when you schedule it on Hootsuite. So that was kind of the kicker for like, oh, you know, there's really not many value anymore for me for this. I'm not managing. It's not like I'm a social media manager managing like dozens and dozens of accounts. So I, I dropped it actually. So uh, yeah, my my suite is actually my suite of tools is pretty bare bones to be honest. Um, I mean, I have a smartphone, which I think is pretty standard these days you know so i can post on the go and edit things and what have you but uh yeah i don't really use tons of fancy tools or anything like that
0: that's totally cool and uh, about scheduling we use hootsuite and uh, and buffer and a number of other tools but uh, when it comes down to scheduling facebook pages for our artists and so on we we always use uh Facebook because you can preview uh the post properly, and so uh, it's true that it seems like the organic reach is high, so just a little tip there for for listeners who who are curious on that point, so thank you for mentioning very cool stuff. So what's next? What are you working on now i mean you are you're still in the process of uh, promoting the album, uh the toys coming up. How are you going to use the audience that you've built here, so are you going to continue communicating? With your your pledges in particular, somehow just keeping them engaged throughout a year or whatever, till you come up with a new campaign. So, do you have a particular post uh, album plans so far?
1: Well, um, we're continuing to tour. We did a 14 city winter tour, and right now we're in the middle of a spring tour. So, uh, the the tour dates haven't really slowed down a little bit, but they're not done by any means. So, the tour is still promoting the album. Every time I have a tour date, I try to get some local press for that tour date. And also, just various types of press as well. You know, like uh, one thing I'd, I'd recommend for any artist releasing an album is realize that you probably have more angles and more of a story than you think you do. It's something I struggled with for a while and trying to think of, well, what makes my story special or, or what have you. And in a certain sense, there's not that much that's interesting about me, but. You know I don't only play I teach as well I did this crowdfunding thing you know the album itself there's stories within the songs which I'll get to in a second so everything that you have everything about you that you do is a story and is an angle that can be used for press so for example because I'm also a teaching artist I got some press as silly as this might sound you know music and arts where I was teaching at the time they have a, a teaching newsletter where you can actually if you're a teacher at one of their you know stores it's a huge nationwide chain you can actually submit an article and my article was teaching while releasing an album and i just broke down you know what the process is like and how to share the process with your students and their parents and you know shining some light on how to manage everything and that got in their newsletter and that goes out to tons of teachers throughout the whole country they also have a dvd that they send out to all their stores Where they have music videos from artists. So I put one of the music videos from the album on that DVD, and that's going out nationally to all these stores. So Hmm. that's one example of just, you know, thinking about, well, creatively, how can I use what I do to get more reach and more press? Another thing I'm doing, you know, going back to like the stories that the songs have, May 4th coming up is Star Wars Day for my fellow Star Wars nerds. And uh one of the songs on my album uh, Dagoba is actually inspired by Star Wars and the city I live in Hartford Connecticut because I see a parallel between my journey coming up as a young jazz musician and choosing to stay in a small town that actually has a ton of amazing jazz history but the outside world you know when they think of jazz they think of New York City they think of Los Angeles they think of New Orleans they don't really think of Hartford <laughs> so I saw a parallel between my journey and uh, Luke Skywalker's journey in Star Wars, going to a mysterious place to study what he's trying to study, and in a certain sense, I did that too. So with Dagobah, that's what inspired the song. With Dagobah, I, you know, I've been reaching out to lots of music blogs, saying, "Hey, how about a video premiere for Star Wars Day? Because I have a music video for this song." And you know, lots of local Hartford press. Hey, this is like this is like my Hartford love song. You know, how about a video premiere or you know, announcing it on Star Wars Day? So. Use everything you've got. Hmm. Awesome. One thing, another thing I've, I've been doing, you know, I have a video for every song on the album because it was a live album is whenever it's the composer, if the song doesn't have a particular story, I will be releasing the song on a composer's birthday. So like May 17th is Jackie McLean's birthday. We're going to release a little Melanie. You know, a couple of weeks ago it was our next Pullman's birthday. We released the video for turnaround. So, you know, making an event, trying to make everything you do an event is important too.
0: Can't agree more. Very good tips and some proper niche marketing as well. The Star Wars idea is, is that smart. Very well. I I definitely am going to uh, keep an eye on uh, your activities and wish you good luck with uh, all your remaining promo campaign activity for the album and the tour. And uh, I feel like you are going to come up with some interesting creative um, marketing ideas in the future as well so let's um keep in touch on that thank you for sharing everything you've shared so far on the show uh let me know if you have anything uh, anything else any last um tip or recommendation to you and in the artists listening to us right now
1: oh yeah definitely uh a tool that i recently came across i've been using that's fantastic is uh, cash music i don't know if you've heard of
0: them I love it. We haven't used it that much. I, I really want to, I need to get them on the show. So tell me a little bit more. So uh, you've been using it for your own website?
1: I have, yeah. And, and if you want to see an example of the store, you know, in action or some of their tools in action, you can visit my website, which is com, and go to the store page and you'll see that they have a, a really nice store layout. It can embed into any site. I use Squarespace and it works perfectly and it syncs seamlessly with paypal and stripe as well for payment processing and there's just a a whole lot of amazing features and it's very easy to use but the best thing is that they don't take a cut at all so you can sell directly to your from your site without you know worrying about anyone taking a percentage it's it's as direct a fan as it can possibly get and also it automatically delivers everything so if someone buys the album digitally on my website they get the download instantly and i don't have to lift a finger and likewise, you know, if it's something else, like if they bought the sheet music to my song, you know, that just gets delivered to them because I haven't set up to do that. So it's a fantastic tool. It's all, you know, mobile friendly, too. So you can buy everything there. And it looks really well. It looks really sleek. You like it looks like if you were to look at it on my site, it, it doesn't look like it's a like a tool I'm paying for. It looks like I paid a graphic designer to like redesign me a really nice store page.
0: Yeah, they, they've got to they take care of uh, graphics for sure. That's great. Thank you for mentioning that. By the way, so uh, have you been uh, pushing uh, your store post uh, Pledge Music campaign and uh, selling anything? I mean, I don't need the numbers, but uh, so have you been pushing it and have you been seeing sales coming in for the store as well?
1: I have been. Yeah, it's been been pretty cool. um, and, And especially... All the international sales, um, there's a lot of people in the jazz world actually that still love CDs. I've uh, been shipping CDs to Malaysia, China, Israel, Norway, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing to be making all these trips to the post office. Um, so yeah, th- there's been quite a bit of sales through the website directly, which is fantastic.
0: Awesome, that's brilliant. Very well, so as usual, the links to your website and the Pledge Music campaign which is now finished but just to to take a look at the pledges you uh the the, the rewards you had there and so on everything is linked to in the show notes uh, for our listeners in here and uh, thank you once again it's been very insightful i really appreciate all the great stuff that you talked about today
1: likewise andrew thank you so much for having me on the show it's an honor and i'm looking forward to listening back
0: thank you Thanks, Mike, and you, the listener, please go to musicgrowthtalks.com or datamusic.com for the show notes to these episodes. And if you have a cool success story to share, like the one with Mike today, please get in touch with me. Just drop an email at andrew at and let me know if you have something interesting to share uh, that you think our listeners will benefit from. And once again, there is now a way to help keeping this podcast alive and to make me deliver you more frequent shows by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash Andrew Epinoff. Please go check it out, at least see uh, what I'm offering and doing there. Check out the rewards. Check out the music growth radio I just launched and... uh I'm uh, something I'm going to announce properly on this podcast soon as well. And let me know if you have any questions. Uh, thank you. And till the next episodes of the Music Growth Talks podcast. You've been listening to Music Growth Talks with Andrew Apanov. Find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com.